Hello and welcome back to Freedom Machines with Freddie Dobbs. I'll start this week's episode with a question. And this is a question that's often on my mind when trying to decide upon a new vehicle, whether it's a car or motorbike. Listen to this. Okay, someone messaged me and said, should I sell my Royal Enfield Interceptor and replace it with a dream bike of mine? Because by the sounds of it, this guy has bought an Interceptor, loved it, but now feels like he wants to move on to his absolute dream bike. Something like a Ducati Desert Sled, a Triumph Speed Twin, or a Triumph Triumph 1200 Scrambler. So the question, should he sell the Interceptor and buy his absolute dream bike, but, but have to take out some finance on it to be able to get that significant jump up in bike? Or should he go out and buy maybe three much cheaper motorcycles? For example, something like an old Honda Pan European 1100 or an older BMW 1100 or a project bike. What is the best answer to that? And it got me thinking, having a look at a few sums to try and work it out. What would I do in that position? Let's say you have, shall we say you've got about six to eight K to play with. Do you go out and buy a significantly more expensive bike or do you get three different bikes that can cover a whole range of things? For example, go out and get just maybe a a 2K tour, something like an old, I don't know, Triumph Sprint or something, something that can crunch out the miles and then you get just an old thrashing bike you can take off road you don't mind if it gets dropped just something you don't have to worry about and then you've probably got a couple of grand for a project bike my answer my answer to this was I would always, after making many, many mistakes with buying vehicles, I would always go for your dream vehicle. And that is because if you go out and you buy your dream vehicle, you will never look after any vehicle as well as you look after your dream vehicle. I've had bikes before in the past and I thought, oh, this is great value. You know, I've had five different bikes and probably two of the five have actually been my dream bike of the time. But every time I buy a bike, that isn't my dream bike, a bike that I kind of class as an in-between bike or a bike that I think is okay, but I'm not hugely passionate about it. I never look after it, and I don't have that huge desire to go out and want to ride it like I would with a dream bike, like, for example, with me, my Bonneville. So I suggested, look, I would always say, go out, spend a little bit extra if you can get a bit of finance and it's not going to kill you and go out and get your dream bike because you want to be riding it all the time whereas if you have three bikes that yeah they're, they're all good for their individual thing whether it's off-roading or touring but you don't really really want to get out there and spend time with that bike plus if you have three different bikes for example that, that's a lot of money you're going to be spending, let's say £150 a month, on each, uh, a year, for each of them to insure. And let's say you're going to be needing servicing at least 150 for each of them. Different parts, these would always go wrong, especially if you're getting a 2K bike. That's a lot of money to maintain three bikes, a lot of money. So I would actually say, from the point of view of 
getting your dream vehicle. For one, there's nothing, nothing like owning your absolute dream vehicle. But secondly, you're probably, in fact, you're almost certainly going to save money because in my experience, it doesn't matter too much if you go for an old banger of a bike or you go for a brand new bike. You know, these old bangers of bikes, they may be simple, but they don't usually cost too much less to maintain than the newer bikes, I find. So actually, you may as well go for your dream bike. I, do you know what? Just thinking about it now, I'm just thinking about all, all of the mistakes I've made with vehicles that I've purchased. And every time I purchase a vehicle, whether it's a car or bike, just always, always, always seem to end up losing so much money on it. So go for the one that you really, really want to keep. Okay, and I move on. This is this is something that's close to my heart. And I've been reading this a lot lately. There are not enough cheap, simple motorbikes on the market. I said this in my YouTube video a couple of days ago. For example, I know, I know that BMW want to appeal, start appealing to a younger audience with their motorbikes. But how do they do it? For me, personally, I think it's obvious. They need to go out there and make a bike that's under £10,000. It's got their, their classic Boxster-style engine. Keeping it at 800cc, not many young riders feel the need to have a 1200cc motorbike, just as not many new riders, younger riders, want a gigantic Tourer motorcycle like the BMW GS1250. And this isn't just specifically for BMW, it's the same for Triumph or any other brand. New riders very, very rarely want a huge adventure bike with a thousand cc plus horsepower and newer younger riders generally speaking very very rarely want all of the modern tech so if you just strip it back if you're bmw and you just strip it all back you go for an 800 cc motorbike get rid of all the fancy suspension get rid of all get rid of all the fancy rider aids because the reality is and I always value your input here, but in my mind, the reality is, especially for young riders, and I do speak for myself here, not specifically as a younger rider, but the type of motorbike that I want, I couldn't care less about electronic rider age and super trick suspension. I just want a cool looking bike that makes me feel amazing. So for me, let's say BMW hired me and they said, Freddie, we need to get our sales up and we need to appeal to a younger audience. First thing I do is make a really cool, appealing motorbike for the youngsters. Make it look off the scale cool. Think of the old BMW, I think they call them the R100s, the R80s, those real classics that people love to turn them into project bikes and they just look incredible. Super simple, super strict back, timeless styling. Make that, but for the modern day, or you could look at it like make the the r9t but bring it back dial it back 40 percent dial it back and i think they're on to an absolute winner because bmw have something that a huge amount of companies whether it's cars or motorbikes would kill for and that is they've got heritage they've got history with it they've got a long long line of beautiful motorbikes that they can draw on that history i can just imagine how cool it would be if BMW really actually went for it. And someone at BMW said, why don't we do this? Just 
oh, I think I think they would be on to a winner. I really do. And I would genuinely, genuinely be torn if they did that motorbike. I'm just imagining trying to choose the the Triumph Bonneville, the Moto Guzzi V7, and then you put a BMW in there around about that range. <sighs> Impossibly tight decision between those. What have, okay, here we go. Simple, cheap garages. This is something that has interested me as well. I was reading one of my favorite magazines, that is Ride Magazine. And as things get more complicated, kind of naturally leading on to where I just was, and I'm quoting here, this is from Ride Magazine. I just found this really, really interesting. The, the title of this little section I'm reading is the main dealer service monopoly. So basically someone says, I have a Triumph Tiger 800, which I have always had serviced at a Triumph dealer while it was within the two year warranty. For my third year service of 12,000 miles, the main dealer quoted me 690 pounds. I've tried several other Triumph dealers who were very much the same price. So as times are hard, as many of us know, as times are hard, I chose to use a recommended local garage. And guess the cost of that recommended local garage? Not £690, £285. See, this is a, it's kind of a problem that I've got with these main dealers. You know, motorbikes, and I always say it, motorbikes should be a cheap, viable form of transport for the masses. And I'm sorry, 690 pounds, when you could be getting it for 280 is too much. That is too much money to be spending. I'm generalizing here, but you know, a lot of us, a lot of people are struggling with money. And 690 pounds is often more than you'd expect to pay for a car. It's hard to stomach that. So I carry on with the article. But what I, and this is again, I'm quoting here, but what I fell foul of was the service light and service information on the dash. They had not been turned out when the service had been completed by this independent garage. The garage said he would try to get the software for it, but so far, four weeks in and nothing. My point is, is it right that manufacturers can hold a buyer to ransom because of the service light issue? I've tried to get dealer help, but to no avail. And the reply, and this is from uh, a lawyer, a solicitor focusing on motorcycle related things. So this does have some weight to it. Here we go. This is definitely becoming more of a problem with the latest bikes. There are independent bike shops that have the capability to do the diagnostics and hardware with modern bikes, but not all can. The garage should have told you they were unable to put the light out before getting the work done. You know, are bikes getting too complicated? And this is me speaking again. Are bikes now getting too complicated? Are they now too technological? As as we progress, as we evolve, engine sizes get bigger, horsepower increases, just relentlessly increasing in increases in horsepower. And as the horsepower increases, we need better brakes, we need better suspension, we meet we need more rider modes. You know, when you look back at the videos of the 1950s and 60s, and you look at, you know, riders racing around fields or off-roading or just racing around the streets and they're on the old I don't know British bikes or Harleys do you think 
They were having any less fun than we are now, when they probably were riding around bikes with about 25 horsepower, and here we are today, riding around with bikes with about 150 horsepower often. Were they having any less fun than we are now? My thought is absolutely not. And of course now, because we have so much more horsepower, we need all of these rider aids to dial back the horsepower if it's wet or if there's gravel or just in general dial it back for anything other than track day use. So is there a need to be going out and getting a bike with all this horsepower if all we're doing is dialing it back? And of course, the more horsepower that you get, the more everything, you know, you're looking at jackets with, with inflatable airbags, you're looking at this and that and that's all brilliant but if we just keep it simple keep it simple and dial it all back just with these bikes with around about the 50 horsepower is actually that the sweet spot and I'm not saying I'm wrong or right it's just a bit of food for thought and I always welcome your opinion but it just seems that we are going you know more and more and more technological with more things that you need on the bike more bits that can go wrong when in essence, if you look at a bike like the Royal Enfield Interceptor, for example, that is as stripped back as is probably legally allowed on a motorbike, and it has been a sales revelation. It's my kind of bike, I'll be completely honest, the Interceptor, because of that, because of the simplicity, because motorcycling should be cheap, viable, good value transport. In recent news, an RG500, Suzuki, a Suzuki Gamma RG500 has gone on sale at Bonhams. Bonhams is a, a very, very high level motorcycle, or not motorcycle, but a very, very high level auction house. The Suzuki Gamma is a very, very desirable classic motorcycle. A lot of people want them. And I'll be completely honest, it is not the kind of bike I would personally go for because I'm, I usually like bikes stripped back with as little plastic as possible and I'm not a sports bike kind of guy. However, I do appreciate all different types of motorbikes and I can see the, the beauty in this bike and I can see why collectors would want it. So basically, it's a really desirable, appealing bike and apparently it's an appreciating classic as well. So, this Suzuki Gamma went into the Bonhams auction and it has two miles on the clock. And of those two miles, every single meter of those two miles is just push miles. So the engine has never been ridden even one meter. The estimate was 30 to 35,000 pounds. And I'm quoting here, ultra rare, ultra collectible. Um, so it got me thinking, first of all, what did it actually go for? And let me just check here. Okay, so estimate 30 to 35K, and it sold for 30,050 pounds. Sorry, 31,050 pounds. So pretty much bang on estimate. It actually just went, in fact, it went very recently. It's just only just gone. And that got me thinking, if you're looking at a motorbike as an investment. Do you have to like the motorbike? For example, I would never go out and buy one of these because it's not my kind of bike. However, I can see how it'd be fun to own it as an investment proposition. I mean, how good an investment proposition could this be? Let's say 
The best example you could possibly get in the world is the one that's just sold for £31,000. It's impossible to get better than that with no ridden miles. And I went on to, I just started liking this actually, a European motorcycle site. Because to get bikes like this, a lot of the time you have to spread your, your range further than just your own country. And I've got a few interesting ones here. So... I'm on a site called theparking-motorcycle.eu to have a look and see what I can find. How much cheaper? How much cheaper can you get a Suzuki RG500 compared to the £31,000 sterling price that it sold for at Bonhams? And I'm looking here, and in Europe, there are 38 of them in the whole of Europe on this specific website, and they range in price from $15,000, uh, 15,000 euros, 16,000 euros, 25,000 euros. I tell you what, let's have a look at this. This is based in the UK, 25,000 euros based in the UK. And what you get for that is, hmm, well, not much by the look of it, year unknown, kilometers unknown. Well, if I'm gonna be spending 25,000 euros on a motorbike, the least they can do, the least they can do is tell me what the mileage is in it. Okay, I'm going to try. I want to keep that classic blue and white color, so I'm gonna to go to Italy. There's one at 19,800 in Italy. Let's see if they'll actually be good enough to tell me the mileage. Here we go. Got it. In Italy, Suzuki Gamma RG500, 19,800 euros, 1987 model, 500cc of course, 33,000 kilometers on the clock. Now, is that going to be a good proposition there? It's a private seller as well, so you should be able to even get a bit more discount off. That is, you know, that's an interesting bike to get as a, a used proposition. Now, if we compare that, if we compare that bike at, and let me just make sure I'm getting this exactly right here. Okay, so 19,000, 19,800 euros for a Suzuki RG500 in Italy with about 30,000 kilometers on the clock. That's 19,000. If I look in the UK at one, you're looking at one with 18,000 kilometers. So it's got about 13,000 kilometers less, but you're paying 10,000 euros more. It's 29,200 if you're getting one from the UK. And let me just do another one just to give you some good balance here. Well, it's interesting because Italy, Italy seems to have a lot of these. I'm going to do one more Italian, one more British one, because there's an Italian one here. 17,000 euros, 1986, 24,000 kilometers on the clock. Okay, so that's 17,000 euros in Italy, 24,000 kilometers on the clock. And that looks beautiful. I've got a pick, it looks really good. And I'll do one final one. There's even one for 12,000 euros in Italy. They are more expensive by a very significant margin in the UK, actually. So that is going to Europe looking for motorbikes I know motorbikes are expensive in the UK probably because there aren't many of them there are just in general way more in Europe because of course the weather's often better so if you're looking for a really good bargain of a motorbike you can pick up some great deals in mainland Europe I know Germany and Italy really good for getting some great value bikes I have to move on because I had 
this is something that's I almost freaked out about actually about four days ago I had a very nice Australian biker contact me um, let me give you some background he's got uh, a very nice garage of some great vehicles and he, he is a unit and this is relevant he's six foot five and about 120 kilos and to have to be that size the bike that he has gone for is some well is an american cruiser it's a huge american v-twin but this is what interested me he hasn't gone for a harley davidson and he hasn't gone for an indian he's gone fully left field with a bike and a brand that i have never considered before and after looking at used prices and doing some research on them and also just learning about the brand, I have no idea why I haven't ever considered them. And that is Victory. So they're incredibly rare in the UK. I've, I, I don't think I've ever seen one. Maybe I've seen one without realizing, but incredibly rare. And he says for a man of his size, they're perfect. Um, he said they've got tremendous models and i think he's got the crossroads i think he's got the crossroads if i remember correctly but that got me thinking victory motorbikes why have i never considered one of these well let me just give you a bit of an overview american company they were founded in 1997 but they went bust in 2017 so about three four years ago they actually went bust but how are they as a used proposition? And how are they as bikes? Well, looks-wise, they are out of this world. Do I say they look like a Harley? That they're, they're a lot more... They've got their own very definite, unique look to them. No question about it. If you see one of these, you would actually know it's a victory. They've got their own character. They've got gigantic engines. 1,700cc, 1,500cc. And this is the interesting thing. This is where I always go. If I'm looking at a motorbike, okay, fine. The, the journalist reviews, it's, it's always good to see what they think about it, but I much prefer the owner's reviews. So I usually go to MCN, MotorcycleNews.com, and I'm going to have a look at one specific model just to give you a bit of an overview, and that is the Victory Gunner. It looks a little bit like a cross between a Harley-Davidson Street Bob and an Indian Scout. It's an incredibly good-looking, kind of sporty cruiser bike, big, chunky, thick tires, that really obvious V-twin engine there, just front and center. Beautiful, beautiful bike. Now, journalists at MCN, they gave it three out of five as a score. Three out of five. But... The owner's rating. This is what matters. How do the owners rate the Victory Gunner? They rate it at 4.7 out of 5. And here's what's even more important as a used proposition. Owners rate the Victory Gunner as 5 out of 5. 5 out of 5 for reliability rating. Service costs £120 a year as the service costs superb value the i'm just looking now at what the the journalists rate it three stars build quality four stars equipment two stars well that's fine you don't need any equipment anywhere on a bike like this but if you go down to the the owners the owners ratings here's one oh, let me just read the first three and i'm not going to pick and choose i'm reading the first three owner reviews that i see so they could be good, good or bad first one 
annual servicing costs £150. Perfect. That's exactly what you expect from a cruiser. If one's afraid uh, of the wind, I shall go for sports bike or tour. So that's five out of five they gave it. Second one, four out of five. After changes of tyres to Avon's, it's just the perfect ride. Lacking cornering clearance a little. Perfect handling, response and willing to turn, unlike most Harleys or other cruisers. And then the third review, I'll read five out of five stars. Best V-Twin ever. Powerful and with loads of torque to take off like a bullet. Endless second gear to enjoy the revs. On the other hand, enough torque for cruising on sixth at nearly any speed. And I could go on and on and on. Five star, five star, five star, five star, four star, three star, five star, five star, five star, three star. Goes on and on. Superb review. So I actually think now, it got me thinking after having a look at that. Genuinely thinking. Right, okay, I think, I think these are a viable used proposition. They've got the looks. They're American and no one does the cruisers like the Americans. They've got the, their own unique character. But, but, are they affordable? And it could go one of two ways with the American cruisers. They could go through the roof because they stopped making them and they become super rare, super desirable. And as the numbers dwindle, they get more and more expensive. But have a look at this. I'm on autotrader.co.uk under the bike section. I've gone for victory motorcycles, no models. I just want to see all of them. I haven't been specific with the models. There are 13 bikes on Bike Trader, on Auto Trader in the UK. Only 13 of any victory motorcycles. But this is where it's exciting. For a Victory Vegas, which is a 2007 Cruiser, this is the cheapest one online right now. It's got 22,000 miles on the clock. It looks, and I really, really mean it, it looks brilliant. It's so good. Oh, so good that I, I would go out and buy it. If I had 5K in my bank and I wanted a motorbike, I'd go out and buy it. It's, it's incredibly close. I paid 3,650 for my Bonneville. It's, it's only a grand more than that. This is £4,995 for an American cruiser with a 1600cc engine. I'm just checking that's right. This is a 1634 engine. 1600cc engine. American cruiser with 22,000 miles on the clock. Absolutely nothing. 88 horsepower. And it's under £5,000. And it looks out of this world. Incredible. The wheels are so unique. I, uh, my mind, I don't know what to say. I'm just, I feel like I've been missing out for a very long time because I've never, ever considered a victory motorbike. I cannot believe what I've been missing. I'm looking through here. I'm gobsmacked. I almost can't speak. Let me carry on. Uh, okay. I'm just flicking through them now just to see which ones I'm going to pick. Okay, let's go for a proper old school looking cruiser like the Harley Davidson Softail Deluxe. It's got the, the three lights at the front, the really nice curved front, front mudguard that just wisps off towards the engine. 2001 model, 1500cc engine, 12,000 miles on the clock, comes with all the panniers, the backrests, the footboards, everything, five and a half grand. I don't know what to say. White wall tires, 
American made. Ah, oh, these... I would go out and buy that bike. My mind has been blown. That is the Victory V92C. Let me just do one more. Okay, I tell you what. I need to make this a good one because I want to do one more to wrap this up. I've just seen the time. Okay. Right. And just to give you an idea on pricing, you know, you're looking at 4,995, 5.5K. And then you've got to jump. You've got to jump to... Ah, you've got to jump to the Victory Gunner here, which I think... My memory is so awful. I think that's the one I was just talking about. That is, oh, that is, that's such a good looking cruiser. It completely holds its own to the Indian Scout or the Harley Street Bob. The Victory Gunner, that is every bit as good looking as any other cruiser on the market right now. And, and it is a 1700cc bike. And it's £7,995. It's a really good value. Good value because that's a 2015 model. Beautiful, beautiful, thick, chunky front tyre with really bespoke looking wheels. Okay, I'll just see what price they go up to. And then, uh, okay, I've got the bike now that the Australian guy has. That is a Victory Crossroads Okay, so from the Australian listener, we have the Victory Crossroads in the UK, £10,500 for one of the most out there, incredible looking bikes that I've seen. I, I really would, I really would suggest to anyone, go and have a look. If you're looking for uh, a completely not obvious cruiser motorcycle and you want something a bit different, but you want something I mean, it's not even about the value. These are just cool bikes full stop. But the fact that you can get them for fair prices, I think that makes a seriously good used bike proposition that I think will only get more appealing as time goes on. So check those out, Victory Motorcycles. And that's a perfect place to stop. Thank you so much. I always keep it anonymous, but thank you so much to the Australian motorbiker that's sent in just that brilliant video he actually sent me a video of his bike as well and it sounds the absolute business that's really what sold it to me after seeing that so thank you so much and thank you so much for all of your input i really hope you enjoyed this week's episode and i will speak to you next week <laughs>